It's finals week. They're on Saturday, August 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 7th Man Podcast. I am Will Beverina. I am the chief editor of Dimer2k.com. I am Josiah Cohen. I'm excited for finals week, and I am a writer on Dimer2k.com. And I'm Len with no last name, and I'm the senior analyst at Dimer2k.com. We are back for episode 26. You can check out our previous episodes on our YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. As always, we want to thank anyone listening to us for all of the support. It is always appreciated. We are here today to talk about the playoffs, of course, and the aforementioned finals. After a grueling couple days of action, we're down to just two teams fighting for a championship this Saturday, August 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in New York. Plenty to talk about. Josiah, my friend, please give me your general thoughts about these playoffs. These have been incredible playoffs. Sweeps, brooms, cheers, fans, crowds, it's got it all. Bears, Lions, Tigers, 76ers, oh my, it's got it all. I was lucky enough to be at the NBA 2K League studio all three days of the playoffs. Um, and you had sweep score, that, or bring it back to that first moment when the Warriors' massive crowd rattled the Blazers 28-7 to first quarter for the eight-seeded Warriors up until the Warriors' own demise at the hands of the T-Wolves, who are white hot right now. It's been quite the series, quite the finals so far in the semifinals and quarterfinals. What a playoffs, Will. Len, what do you think about these playoffs? Uh, I mean, I, I would have to say it feels like we're living in a parallel universe. These teams have taken a uh, different approach in a sense, but it also uh, feels similar as well. Uh, if I were to tell you this year uh, the finals matchup was between a team that got hot at the right time and a team that is thriving uh, next to their MVP candidate, uh, you would think I was talking about last year's heat check uh, versus Knicks finals, but I am not talking about last year's uh, finals matchup. I am talking about this year's finals matchup between Bear to Beast and the T-Wolves versus Radiant and 76ers GC. Well, let's talk about everything that led up to this absolutely fantastic uh, finals matchup, which everyone should be anticipating. Um, Complete sweeps all throughout uh, after all the clamor for best of three quarters final series. We get four sweeps in the quarterfinals. We get two more sweeps in the semifinals. Um, does that mean anything? What What does it mean? Just that no te- no losing team could even get one game, that we couldn't even get a single three-game series. Is just some weird coincidence, statistical anomaly? What's going on here? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's probably a statistical anomaly, just the fact that you have six consecutive sweeps but if, if we're going to look at the broader picture, teams aren't used to it yet. Teams are not used to the playoffs, and teams don't have the mental fortitude yet to come back and win when they go down one nothing. It's, it's a harsh reality, um, supported simply by fact and not necessarily by truth. 
but teams, no team was able to do it. No team even won a single game after going down one nothing. You know, we saw teams put up pretty good fights for the most part in the second game, but we never saw a team win it. And you know, there's still some mental fortitude in the NBA 2K League that has yet to be gained and has yet to be solidified in the playoffs. The playoffs are a different animal. You have to be able to win at any cost, even when you're down 1-0. And no team, you know, has been able to do that at all. Well, even going back to last season... The Knicks uh, did it. The Knicks did it, but that's it, right? The Knicks did it. Right. Okay. Knicks aren't here. The Knicks are the single worst regular season team in NBA 2K League history. Yeah. That's why I say the playoffs are a different animal. Right? You have some of the winningest teams in the NBA 2K League in these playoffs. Right? Series are different, right? Yes, the, the Knicks only one team, but no one this year has shown the ability to do it, right? Because we haven't had series. No one's shown the ability to do it. The Knicks aren't here, and so no one has shown the ability to do it. Yeah, because the Knicks, it was the semifinals last year against Cavs Legion. They went down one nothing, and then uh, the other semifinal series, 76ers heat check was a sweep. Finals was a sweep. Um, and then there were best of one games in the quarterfinals, and we knew the Knicks had that mental fortitude because it takes more mental fortitude, in my opinion, to win the ticket tournament to qualify for the playoffs when you're down already in the regular season when you're something like. Three and three and five, something like that. Three and seven, almost, right? So that takes a lot of mental fortitude to go out there and have that kind of streak. And then they replicated it in the playoffs by coming down to win after going, coming back to win after going down one nothing. But no team this year. The Warriors, you know, obviously impressive, impressive runs at both tournaments. But I think it's easier to win the ticket tournament when you've already won the turn tournament. You already have what it takes to win a tournament. What do you think, Len? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what's you know, uh, you know what's a hundred percent fact when it comes to this. Um, but I just find it interesting at the beginning of the year at the tip off, you know, we were talking about how you know no team was able to consistently play well throughout the group stage. It seemed as if you know if a team won uh, and looked impressive uh, immediately after that, they would look uh, terrible. Uh, and then vice versa. Whereas now we get to this point late in the season, and yeah, we have um, six consecutive series sweeps. Uh, yeah, I don't know what exactly, um, you know, if if it is, uh, you know, just like a one-time thing uh, for this to be a thing. I, I do like that the quarterfinals are best of three, and I don't think it's to say it shouldn't be the fact that there's, uh, that there were all uh, sweeps, but... Yeah, I don't know. I there's nothing I can really pinpoint exactly what it was, because uh, in, in you know in, in different circumstances it seemed okay. Yeah, Blazer Five. It seems like you know they need a second set of eyes. They're not making any adjustments. But then we saw other teams like the Kings who haven't made any adjustments all year make a lineup change going into Game Two, and it still didn't work out for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean I I can't say what specifically it was, but. Uh, I can say I was a little disappointed. I wanted to see a, a, at least one game three. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, a little disappointing we didn't get a, didn't get a single game three. Um, and really hoping that the finals, of course, aren't a sweep because uh, everyone wants to see 
a game five finals elimination game. Um, you, you mentioned Blazer five there, uh, Len, and I kind of want to go into all these series and some of these teams. Um, Blazer five, uh, best regular season team we are seeing. They've lost four games total across two seasons, won 26 games in two regular seasons, and they go into the playoffs. They're swept by the Warriors, 26-4 and four in the regular season. Not a single playoff win to show for it. Do they need a coach, Josiah? Yes, they do. And they don't need a coach for much, I'll tell you that. You know, losing in the playoffs after the, the sort of success you've had in the regular season, it doesn't mean there's an inherent flaw in the court and you need to blow it up completely, but you need to be able to get to the next level. And that's what a coach is supposed to help you do. This doesn't have to be, you know, a strategic mastermind. This has to be someone who can calm things down, who can manage emotions, who can provide that extra eye, who can think on the player's behalf in a grand strategic picture and let the players play, right? That's The issue is not that Mama and Walnut aren't talented enough to, to take the team to the next level. They are. They're, they're back-to-back MVPs. That their ability and their skill and their ability to win should not be questioned. But their ability to win the playoffs is just not there, right? And that's because, in part, they have to do the strategic thinking while those games are going on, right? Which takes away from their ability to just go out there and play, which is what they're there to do. So if you add a coach, you add someone who can you know, be that extra voice, that calming voice when you get a rally a riled up, rowdy crowd, you know, yelling at you. You got a coach in there to calm things down, to say, all right, here's the grand strategic picture we wanted to paint. Here's what the Warriors aren't letting us do. Let's step back. Here's how you guys can play and alleviate the pressure. That's why you need a coach. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, for me, um, I mean, sure, I think a coach could help. I think a second set of eyes could always help, um, but I'm not going to go to the extent and say that uh, anything would have been different had they had a coach. I think that this team was set up um, uh, in an interesting way this year. I think that they brought in a player like Peroxide because they knew they needed that third piece uh, to add to both Walnut and Mama, and he just turned out to not be the player they thought he would be for them. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know, in comparison to this team last year, uh, this, this team won tournaments last year, you know, uh, they, or they won a tournament. They won the turn tournament. It's not like, you know, this was a totally different team we saw this year. And every tournament they underachieved. Um, and I think, you know, it was due in large part to them being so one-dimensional offensively, uh, in which they're so dependent on Mama creating everything offensively that if he can't, and in series where or tournaments where people are literally just game planning for that, um, the, you know, we see them struggle a bit more uh in this series specifically, we saw, you know, there was times where it's like, all right, we need the second guy to step up. We need Joe Mar to step up, and he just couldn't do it. Uh, why they, you know, I don't know what happened with Peroxide. I have no inside information, uh, but, you know, I, I, I firmly believe he would have been a better option there. Who knows, though? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, But, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's a deeper issue with this team than just... Uh, uh, a coach uh, helping them out, and maybe having a coach would have helped them, you know, uh, kind of fill those holes in, in their offense and, and things like that. But uh, 
just in general, though, I think, you know, even before the, the playoffs, I said, yo, this team really has a secondary ball handler issue. Like, what's going to happen if Mama has an off game? And we saw what happened, you know. He started off that game, I, I think he had may have had zero points at halftime or something. I, you know, he played terrible that first game. And then, you know, it just kept he just kept fighting. Like, I just need to get going. I just need to get going. And so what's going to happen with that team if he can't get going? Whereas we see the successful teams. Yeah, Radiant's playing good. But, dude, Nadini's playing really well. Steez is playing really well. Uh, Bread's playing really well. With the Wolves, yeah, Bear will have a good game against the Warriors. But then the second game, he's not really doing too well. You see the players like uh, Jay money step up turn turn up defense step up jojo has a career game uh that's what you see with championship teams it's more than just one guy it's more than just having an mvp uh and and, and with blazer five it seemed as if they were just uh, extremely dependent on getting going uh strictly off of mama yeah that's true but look in lieu of getting shots back they're not getting shots back yeah i, I think you bring in a coach right if they had shots this year Man, we would be having a different conversation. We'd be, probably be prepping for a Blazer 5 gaming finals. right? But they don't have shots. And finding a second secondary ball handler, yeah, I agree with Len. You know, it's important. Um, it's something you look for. Peroxide, you might say, more bit, bit more of a shooter, Joe Mar, a bit more of a slasher. Neither necessarily really a secondary ball handler. But, you know, Mom is just so good. You do need someone to turn to. But for the most part, being one-dimensional, that pick and roll has gotten them a ton of wins. Yes, they could use another ball handler. They're going to keep having these late first-round picks, though. And it's about asset management. If you turn that late first-round pick into a guy who winds up sitting on your bench during the playoffs, that's not good asset management. And a coach, you know, a coach slash GM, that's what we have in the NBA 2K League for the most part, a coach has to be able to manage those assets as well, right? They're going to have another late first-round pick this year. You need to manage your assets correctly. If there's a secondary ball handler, try and get him there. If it doesn't, you have to be able to make trades there. But you need to be able to do that from a detached perspective, right, rather than trading your teammates, right, and trading for people you want to have as teammates. You need to be able to do it from a somewhat detached perspective the same way you need to be able to commentate and critique in-game. Well, yeah, and for me, I mean... You know, we've talked about how, you know, point guard is so important. You know, there wasn't really any elite point guard that went past 12 or wherever, or wherever Bear was selected. But secondary ball handler is a different, entirely different scenario. You look at the two teams in the finals. One was a third-round pick, the secondary ball handler. Mind you, Jay Money, there's, uh, you know... Uh, skeptics that believe he should have fell that far uh but then there's you know screddy i mean it, you can find a secondary ball handler late first second round uh, no but, but see i disagree with that i disagree I, I i don't disagree that you can find one of those guys but as far as ball handling goes i, I don't have the per possession stats at all but i'm not gonna i'm not i'm gonna say screddy is more of a shooter and Jay Money is more of a shooter than a secondary ball handler. Considering the system the Timberwolves run, considering what the 76ers run, which is very similar to the Blazers, and that it's extremely, extremely repetitive and efficient pick and roll, I would say those guys are more shooters than secondary ball handlers. But you, I'm just saying, in general, you need someone who can step up when, when Mama isn't at his best. It doesn't necessarily need to be someone like Kina, it doesn't need to be a B, uh, or a CB13 and, and beast move situation. It doesn't need to be that, uh, you know, uh, 
split ro- split of roles. But you know, with you know someone like Jomar there, who you know that's not even the position he qualified for. No one's even seen him play that position at all this year. Um, you know, you're you're just throwing him there, and it's like, okay, we'll depend on Mama, and then you know, Joe Mark hit a couple shots. No, you need someone like it doesn't need to be a Screddy, but Screddy has shown, yeah, even though he's not ball handling a lot, he's had 50 point games. You know, like there's there's ways you can take the pressure off of Mama offensively and make your offense look a little bit more um, dynamic than just uh, you know run and pick and roll with Mama all game. Sure. I, I, yeah, I think they, they would have benefited more from having a, a shooter in the lineup than a slasher. But let, let's not forget, you know, give the Warriors their credit. The Warriors played one hell of a defensive series against the Blazers, right? And if the Blazers play a different team, we might not be having this conversation. The Warriors played an incredible defensive series, right? Type and gradient, and you, frankly, you had gradient, you know, very highly touted in your awards ballot. They played the best series they've played, right? Pro-Am, tournaments, playoff series, regular season, they played out of their minds, right? And then they let they let things down very much so two days later against the Timberwolves. But did they play I think a shooter... Can I ask, though, did they play out of their minds? Like they've been doing they did play out of their minds. But they've been doing... They the, did. They've been doing the, they did that in two tournaments, and then they just did it to the Blazers. I think that they were just better prepared and that they knew what they needed to do to beat the Blazers, and they did exactly that, whereas the Blazers... Right, but they did. There's a difference between knowing what you need to do and actually doing it, as we saw with them two days later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm, my, my thing is that... Uh, yeah, I get, you know me. I'm going to give credit to the Warriors' defense. I, I'm very high on uh, how well they played defensive all year. I'm just saying uh, I expected that because, I, as I was pretty vocal on Twitter, I was not you know, uh, optimistic about how the Blazers were going to go into the playoffs, whereas just they're, they're – they're really, you know, I'm trying to go back in my head. Besides the Kings, maybe, the – uh, they're they're the most one dimensional offense where it's like okay we're just really counting a mama and yeah that that can win you games you know at, even as we've seen in real life where it's like okay yeah we saw OKC make the playoffs just being so one dimensional with Russell Westbrook but you know if you're really trying to be that championship team I just think it needs to be more uh, of a cohesive uh, unit uh, all around offensively. Look, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, I think. Yeah, the conversation is set by the fact that the Blazers went out where they did, and they ran into the best defense they played all year in that series. And I, I don't think that their issue is so much with a distinct shortage of talent in one particular you know, it, I don't think there's a huge gap that they need to fill. I think they need the better asset management, a cooler head on the on the headset. You know, someone who's who's standing up, pacing around, thinking about things. You know, watching the strategy, right? I, I think that will over the over the course of things, right? Because if, if we assume things even out, if we assume they continue to be a stellar regular season team based on the data that we have available, which is these past two seasons. They need to be able to translate that into the playoffs, right? And, you know, are the playoffs that much that much different from the regular season? What's, what's going to be more helpful, right? You have to trust. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I still believe that the playoffs 
about your most talented players. I, I still think that's true. And yes, you need a competent supporting cast, but that in the end will come down to your asset management. Not necessarily someone stepping up to totally lift the weight off Mama and Walnut's shoulders, which I agree is what was probably needed in this series against the Warriors, but I think overall coach is more important. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I think a coach would um, bridge that gap as well. I, you know, obviously the coach isn't just going to come in and say, all right, let's just do what we got to do. Like, you know, I think that, that a coach would help in that scenario and saying, hey, this is, you know, not working. Let's make an adjustment. And I think that's where they failed is, um, you know, they weren't really able uh, to see what exactly uh, the Warriors were throwing at them because they didn't have a second set of eyes there to say, hey, this is what's going on. You know, they're swinging, you know, up to the, you know, they're swinging so much on defense or it's like mama's d double team damn near. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I just, that th I think that was the bigger issue to me, though, was that, uh so supporting casts, uh, just in general, uh, yeah, the defense was great all year. I think that even the defense didn't look too too good um, in that series either. I don't want to just put it on Mama. I think all around. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I think we, um, but we pretty much uh, agree in a sense. I think that the, the coach will would bridge that gap for sure. One thing that um, I think I've, I've thought about this and, one thing I think uh, a, a theme in this is that with both Season 1 and Season 2, you have teams in the Knicks and the Warriors who have weeks to prepare for Blazer 5 because they know, you know, um, maybe not the Warriors as much, but, you know, they're, they're going to be the 8th seed. Blazer 5 is going to be the 1 seed. They know who they're going to play. And look what happened with the Warriors, who have a really good coach in Tommy Abdenauer, who come out and just absolutely punch Blazer 5 in the mouth. It was like 28-7 in, in the first quarter. And they just completely outplayed them, and Blazer 5 looked like they had no idea what they wanted to do and what they were trying to do. And I think that preparation matters. Season 1, you know, you can argue, oh, Walnut hits the backboard, but you're still in a wire-to-wire -wire game against a 5-9 and nine team. And the Knicks also have a good coach in Kyle Rudy. So I think that preparation does matter. And, and Blazer 5, having that extra set of eyes, having that guy who can point some things out um, when it comes to their playoff matchup and say, we have to prepare for this, uh, matters a lot. So um, that's that's my take on it. I, I, I agree with Josiah that you know they don't need some brilliant... 2k mind to come in and like whip them into shape like they they need a guy who's uh separated from the game and knows when the players you know need a timeout to take a break um can help the players prepare better for games things like that um because the playoffs are definitely an entirely different animal from the regular season and you need to be prepared for the playoffs blazer five has not been prepared for the playoffs two seasons in a row so um it also brings up a uh debate that josiah and i had about momentum versus consistency uh which i kind of want to talk about um we saw some teams with a lot of momentum coming in against other teams and apps and and really 
coming through. Um, one of those being Celtics crossover, who took down the second seed Mavs gaming in two games. The other being the T Wolves, who are obviously in the finals right now. Uh, obviously, the Knicks last year and the Heat were two teams with a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. Is momentum everything? Because it's kind of been a theme so far, I think. Yeah, momentum. Momentum certainly seems to be huge, and you know, you build up some momentum, especially with these series and these sweeps. You build, you build up momentum like crazy. And you know, at this point, right? At this point, we'll look at the two finals teams just for comparison. The Teals haven't lost since May thirty first. That's a long time ago. They won't have lost for two whole months by the time the finals come around. Outside of tournaments. Outside of tournaments, right? And they only lost one tournament game, right, uh, in, in that time, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, it could have been two. could have been two. I don't remember exactly one. Yeah. The turn table. But, but right, one or two games, one of which, by the way, was the Warriors. Um, and, and both of which may have been. No, one of which was the Warriors. Anyways, so they have a ton of momentum, obviously, long-tenured momentum. At this point, is it sort of consistency? The 76ers, right, you would look at them as more of a consistent team you know, based on what they've been able to do over the last two years at 21-9, second best all-time in the NBA 2K League. Um, they've got tournament wins. Now, there are also two sweeps into this final. They also come off two sweeps into these finals. They had a four-game winning streak before that. So they've won eight in a row themselves. I think with the good teams, the teams that make it to the finals, they are the teams who are able to gain consistent momentum, and that's a cop-out in a sense. But the issue is not being momentous and you know, at riding so high on momentum. It's the ability to sustain momentum, especially in these multi-game series, to get to the point where you know, you've know you got eight wins if you're the 76ers in a row, and it doesn't necessarily feel like you're on such a hot streak. You've got so many wins in a row for the Timberwolves. Or is it now? It's seven, um, 11 wins in a row. And it feels still like it's momentum, but really the underlying thing is consistency. So that's why those, these teams are here. They've been able to sustain their hot streaks longer than anyone else. We're, we're going to see who comes out on top. Uh, yeah, so we didn't, like, talk, uh, before the show about what we were going to talk about, and I feel like I'm, like, being really combative, like, I was combative the last time, and this one, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be combative, too, because I'm, I'm going to make the case. Please, I'm, please, <laughs> tell us. Tell I'm going to make the case. Lay it on us. I'm, I'm going to make the case that, uh, I don't believe there's momentum at all, even with the Timberwolves. If you look at, uh, Timberwolves, um... They made the J Money trade on May 11th, or it was confirmed on May 11th. And as Josiah said, they haven't lost since May 31st. But in those couple of weeks in between that, they are playing J Money as the main point guard. Uh, so since they've found this lineup with Feast playing the power forward, with JoJo playing center, with um, J Money on sharp, they haven't lost. Uh, so to me, that comes off more as consistency, that they've figured out what works best for them, and they're just the best at it. Uh, same with Celtics crossover. Early on in the year, they were trying stupid lineups where they played Profusion at center. Uh, they tried Bully at lock. He wasn't working out there. Um, where did no autographs play when Profusion was at center? Was he 
power forward. Power forward, yeah. Okay. Power forward, yeah. I, I didn't want to say like he was sharp or something, but uh, oh dear lord, no. yeah. So, but that I, I so that's my point. I think that it's more so. Um, I think it is. You know, the, the teams we're seeing now are the ones that are most consistent and what they. Um, find as their meta uh you know outside of the warriors um terrible ending to the season we saw when they were dominating they found the lineup that worked best for them uh the two uh or the the rebounding stretch uh and then the pure glass uh with gin and type was working really well uh gradient and beast move were able to flip flop between shooting guard and small forward but outside of that they really knew their identity um, 76ers, uh, when they were at their worst, it's when they weren't running Steez on the glass cleaner. Uh, he was on the sharp rebounder. They tried breadwinner at lock. He was better off playing in more of a, uh, big man, pick, uh, player in, uh, in the, uh, defensive pick and roll. Uh, so yeah, I, I would make the case that there's no momentum. I think it's all figuring out what works best for you and, and going with it. Yeah, I think identity is a prerequisite at this point. You're not getting, you're not sniffing the f playoffs, much less the finals, if you don't have any identity. Um, integrity is another matter, but I, I, I think, you know, yes, there is that, but at the same time, you at this point in the playoffs, you're, you're beating good teams. You have to play good teams, and you, it's, it's still, it, it takes more, like. Is it? Are you simply saying that some teams just are a better lineup and are better at being themselves than other teams, and that's why they're winning? Like, no. I think I think on on the face of things, we probably would have said the Warriors, who you know have the same, who are really good at what they do, who have just won two games against the number one seed, you know, on the face of things, have a better lineup and are generally good at what they do. You know, compared with the two wolves, the, 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 the Warriors had, had the Warriors had an abysmal series, and you know had had a lot of embarrassing points and did not play up to the level they did against the Blazers. So well, and I think if you were to play, if you were to do, you know, throw them in a series, you know, five times. Uh, best of three. I don't think every time it'd be a sweep by the T-Wolves, but I think that a little bit more respect uh, should be given to the T-Wolves in how good they actually are. Rather than it just being momentum, I think that they have found uh, a lineup that works best for them and where every player on that team is maximized. Uh, you know, as well as, you know, I, when I was in Las Vegas, the Timberwolves off the court just had the best chemistry. Uh, and I think that plays a part too. But I just think it's, I, I don't want to say, oh, the, the T-Wolves just got hot at the right time, uh, and that's why they're winning. I think that they really figured out where everyone is maximized. I think Jay Money works out great for that team because, you know, he could play point guard for any other team. Uh, maybe not play, you know, maybe not make the playoffs, or he could play on sharp with a player the heat. there. Yeah, not the Heat. Uh, but, or he could play, you know, a supplementary role to uh, a player like Bear, and they can both maximize each other. Uh, and I and I think that's what we're seeing. You're seeing, you know, uh, turn up play really well at at lockdown position. And yeah, I mean, you know, I voted for Gradient def Defensive Player of the Year. I voted Type All Defense. But I mean, like I said, I I don't know how I could just say it, how we could just say it's momentum if since they've got J Money. And he he's played in the role that he's playing in now. They've looked, they haven't lost. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, and you know, 
without without naming team names, you have pretty much the exact identity you you could look for in a 2019 NBA 2K League finalist. Right, you've got a star point guard. You've got a lock who is excelling on offense and is playing more than competent defense. You've got a sh- guy who can shoot the lights out, you know, off ball. You've got a tremendous big man. And you've got a guy who fills in very ably besides him. And so, you know, without naming a team name, that's, that's the sort of identity that works really well for a lot of teams. It brings a lot of teams a lot of success. I think you're absolutely right in that, you know, at this point, you have to acknowledge that the T-Wolves are good. But good teams, I think, can still get hot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- and I, I don't think it's anything you could point to one definitive thing. Um, but I, 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 if, if there is momentum, I would give that little, uh, uh, little bearing on what's going on uh, currently. I think it's more so they figured out, you know, how to maximize wow. what they have. Well, we know Will agrees with you because Will picked the Kings as his sleeper team. <laughs> I also picked the 76ers to win it all before this season, so... Save that for next week. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, basically what I heard in, in your uh, in your argument, Len, is identity and integrity. Yeah, which exactly. Identity and integrity, which both these teams have through the roof. Yes. It matters. It matters. It matters a lot. It matters. Um, well, what about a team like the Mavs, who come in oh, in the second? Oh, oh, come on, come on. We all knew the Celtics were beating the Mavs. There, come on now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I think that I think that the Celtics are a better team than the Mavs. Uh, I I think that they're a definitively better team. Again, with the Celtics, I think that they ran into the issues of overthinking their identity early on, and it put them in a hole. Um, but as we saw with the Celtics team, they, they went on just as good as a streak at the end of the year as the Mavs did at the beginning of the year. And I think the Mavs just, you know, found their identity at first. But I think, in a sense, I, I, I feel like the Mavs capped. I know, I know, we, I know that we um, were ragging on them for their strength of schedule. Uh, and I do think that that was, uh, you know, a huge factor in why they were successful early on. They did have an easier schedule. Uh, they didn't overthink their identity. So they were able to win the games that they were supposed to win. But if a team figures it out that's better than you, so, I mean, there's not much else we could say about it. And that's what we saw with, with the Celtics, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I mean, look, just because you have a, an identity in the Mavs, you know, to their credit... <clears throat> The Mavs, to their credit, very much do. But just because you have an identity doesn't mean it's doesn't mean you you're a winning team because of that, right? The the Wizards figured out uh, their identity, you know, uh, eventually, and we're not a winning team. But you know, especially when you're running an extremely similar lineup, right? You've got a a, a strong off ball shooter in Profusion or Mo. You've got you know. Uh, an above-average lock in Sherman Bell. Um, you've got you know Power Forward, who who's probably the weakest link in the starting five, but you know can hit his shots in Rux and Boy. And you've got very good centers in Pete and Nautilus. Who does it come down to there? Point guard. And you know in that series, one point guard completely outplayed the other point guard, and that point guard and you know the victorious point guards team won because of it. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, that, that's a perfect breakdown. The Mavs, the, the Mavs should be commended for the season that they had. 
and I mean that seriously. Um, you know, they, they had a lot of overhaul. They hit on all their draft picks. They hit on all their draft picks, but at the end of the day, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't translate to being the best team. Yeah, I mean, like, we bring up identity. I feel like the Lakers knew their identity. They just, the talent. Nah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. They did not. No, no, they had Vert at point guard. Then they had control at point guard. They had Vert back to point guard. They had a power forward by the end of the year. Who could play point guard better than Vert on that team? Doesn't matter. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, like that's what I'm saying. Where it's like they played the best possible person at that position. He just isn't that position. So they knew their identity with that specific roster. No, then they tried control at it. They tried control. They tried control. They tried control. Law. Are you going to tell me that Vert is a worse lock than control? No. No. No, but Vert's... They, they had a bad team. They had a bad team. They tried all these different fixes. They had Kev at the pure sharp at the two. They had Kev on the three. They had Kev on the four. That, that, I'm not saying that their team is, should have been good. I'm saying that with their current roster, and mind you, there's mistakes in selecting that roster to begin with, but once it's locked in, once you have that roster, I'm saying they knew who could play what. They just weren't good enough to play it at an elite or championship level. That's a, that's what I mean. No, 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 no. If it, I, I don't care. No, if you have a leaky roof, if you have a leaky roof and you put the right bucket below each hole in the roof, you still have a leaky roof. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I, I agree, but I'm, I'm saying... You know, you can. If you change up those buckets, if you put those buckets at different places, sure they'll still catch water, but that doesn't mean you have a system for getting the rain out of your house. That is your identity. I yeah, okay. I I totally agree. I'm not saying this is their identity. I'm just saying that there was no other option. Once you're What's the Lakers' identity? Sasaka or Detoxis in the lineup? What's the Lakers' identity? It was Detoxis, and then they realized... What's the Lakers' identity? Kev at the Pure Sharp or Kev at the 4 on the, on the slashing stretch 4? Kev at the Pure Sharp, I think, was the best. But that's your opinion. That's not their opinion. Well, right? it was. And they didn't... They they didn't. I'm saying... But what I'm saying right. is... No, but... In, once you're locked into the mistakes, the, the post-expansion draft mistakes, the post-2019 uh, draft mistakes... You're locked in with this 6 now. There's nothing you could do... But they didn't lock in. They didn't lock in, though. That's what I'm saying. Yes, if their ideal lineup was one thing, they did not run with that the entire time. They tried out different offensive systems, different personnel groupings. They did not lock into their so, ideal identity. So are you saying there's a lineup with that six that makes the playoffs? No! That, well, I'm saying, you're, say, you're, saying, you're, saying, you're saying that they had players who were, you know, even though it was not a good team, they had players who fit certain positions, right? That's what you're saying. I'm saying that, but I'm saying, and I'm not saying that doesn't guarantee success. That's why I'm saying, I'm using that as an example. That no, no, we're not talking about success. We're talking about, you think, you said that they had players who fit certain positions better than other players, right? Uh, I.e. No. E vert and control. Yeah, I mean, well, in a sense... Okay, like, and they didn't play those players at the entire time. Well, they didn't shape their offensive system around those players. Tried. No, they didn't. Doesn't matter. They did try. They tried control at point guard. They tried vert at point guard. That's what right. I'm saying. Right. That's the problem. It, uh, 
it is an issue, but what I'm saying is there's no other two people or there's no other people on that roster that you'd play a point guard. The issue is who's going to be lock, who's going to be point guard. And the issue is that because they selected a point guard that wasn't as good as the, that they thought he was. But what I'm saying is there's no it's not like they have an issue where they're playing profusion at at center. And it's like, no, we know Profusion could be the best shooting guard. Why are we playing him at center? They literally drafted Control to be the point guard. There's no one else on that team that could play point guard besides, and I'm doing the bunny ears right now, Vert. And th then they had to live with it. It's their identity this year. But it's a terrible yeah, but they didn't live with it. They didn't live with it. They tried players all over the place. They tried different lineups all over the Who place. Who played point guard besides them too? No, but at how many positions did they play? Like three positions? How many times did they swap the swap to the five? How many times did they try the post floor? How many times did they try running things in parts? How many times did they try running things out of I had no idea you were this diehard of a Lakers fan that you watched this many of their games. I apologize. I watch all the Lakers games because it's an instruction manual in how not to have identity. I I I I didn't I can't remember watching them after week six, m maybe week five, so... They had Kev at the four for their last games of the season. Not knowing where Kev was playing, but the point I was just trying to make is that you can draft players to play certain positions, i.e., Kev was supposed to be your pure sharp, Control was supposed to be your point guard, Vert was supposed to be your 3-4, most, mostly lockdown, Moody was supposed to be your center, but they're not good at it, or or they're not elite at it. So you're not going to be amongst the elite in the league. That's all. That's the only point I was making. I wholeheartedly agree with you that they weren't among the elite in the league, but they did not have identity. I they did not have any identity. They they switched things up too much. Yeah. You had Vert on a post score. You had Vert on a lock. You had Vert at point guard. You had the toxic on the post score. You had the toxic. You had Kev at the four. You're running horns. You don't know how to run horns. So let me ask. Do you think... Um, so what does a team like that do? That's in turmoil. turmoil. They suck at the tip-off. They start off, oh, and whatever. Um, so you just stick it out to, to keep that identity, or or what? No. There, there's a difference between sticking out a terrible lineup for the next 10 weeks of the season and never being able to get something right. Like, at how many times are you willing to, we're going to take Kev for example, how many how many positions are you going to try and stick Kev at to the point where you're trying to, you know, get all the puzzle pieces to fit everywhere else? Right? Well, because usually, I, I, specifically this year, I feel like the, the, those puzzle pieces were moved around because one puzzle piece didn't work, and that puzzle piece being the point guard. So when we saw teams try moving, uh, say, a player who was drafted as a pure sharp like Rando to point guard, it's because they, you know, the point guard they selected can't play that position. Or you see with the Lakers where they try Kev at, uh, at the four, or they try Vert at the point guard, or they try Vert at the po post score. No, but the Hawks didn't have an identity either. Yeah, I agree, but I'm saying that usually the identity is due to the lack of a point guard. All the teams that didn't have an identity, it's usually... Uh, I, I'm trying to go through my head really quickly right now. I can't think... Okay, of so now you're agreeing that the Lakers didn't have identity. Yeah, yeah I, I never said that... The point I was trying to make... Like, I get what you're saying. The point I was just trying to make is that they selected a specific team uh, to 
you know, for players to play specific roles. Those players weren't good enough to play those specific roles, so then the identity got blown up. But it still shows that they had that identity to begin with, or so they thought. And Every team thinks, thinks it has something going in. Yeah, but that was the point I was making. With and then, So then this comes back full circle to the Mavs. The Mavs had their identity. It wasn't the Mavs. just elite, but it got them to the playoffs, right. so they had to stick it out. But, the, but yeah. no, no, we don't disagree with that. I, I don't think I don't. I think the Mavs found. I just think the Mavs weren't good enough to win the title, right? And that's not to say that they could have that they should have been trying to find an identity that gave them a higher ceiling. I don't think they necessarily had that. No, they didn't. Every right. every player that was playing a specific role was going to, uh, you know, fully maximize the role that they were currently in. Uh, but uh, the question of it, if. Uh, you know, that's good enough to beat a team like the 76ers, who has maximized all their roles as well. You can't 76ers beat. just a better team. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we saw with Celtics versus uh, Will's team. Right. I knew as soon <laughs> as, as soon as we mentioned identity and integrity on this podcast, um, a lot of yelling occurs afterwards, uh, mostly from Josiah, but... <laughs> I'm passionate. Josiah is very passionate, especially about identity and integrity. Um, we spent a long time on that. Any other surprises in the quarter and semifinals for you guys? I could spend, I could spend this much time on the Lakers in a playoff I, podcast. No, no, as we were going, as we were like halfway through, I'm like, wow, this is really like a half hour on the Lakers. I, I had my mic muted and was just laughing the entire time. <laughs> Any other surprises in these playoffs? Um, I was I was surprised that the Kings did change their lineup um, for the second game against the T Wolves. Obviously, it didn't work out. Even though Yusuf had a very good game, you know, I wasn't thrilled with the lineup change. You know, you know, they did have that identity that they compromised for that second game, uh, but it doesn't matter because they were summarily eliminated, nonetheless. Um, you know, I thought that first 76ers Celtics game was, was probably underrated. It was a really really good game. Very back and forth, very point guard, you know, back and forth, back and forth. We like to know how many lead changes, and, and then in that second game, you know, by the time really the third quarter was over, it was just it was done. That series was over with. Um, Radiant thirty-seven points, fourteen assists in that last game. Um, but that was that, that first game was a tremendous series. And then, then the one other thing that stood out to me um, as well, just because I wrote the preview on this series for us in the quarterfinals preview, was just the lineups that the Pacers wound up going with. Um, as I sort of suspected in the first game, they shifted Wolf down to the pure lock shooting guard. Right, they they qualified for the playoffs with two wins with him at the slashing defender at the three. Swizzer get the pure sharp at the two, and you know they tr- they tried their best to contain Radiant, but you know there's only so much. That was a death sentence. You can't put him on right. the lower lock and hope. That- there's only so much you can do, and then yeah, you know, they they shifted back up to that in the second game, and then lost by a little more. They got. Really, they they got punched in the mouth in the first quarter in that one as well, and it it didn't work out. But that was just that was what I found particularly interesting. Yeah, for me, I think the surprises. uh, Yeah, so for me, I think the biggest surprise, or not, it's not even like, um, how do I put this? I don't want to like disrespect anybody, but um, Radiant really made some really really good locks look really really bad. 
uh, and uh, Radiant does. Yeah, that. Mel. Mel just did not have fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Mel, but even Wolf too. Like there was just like times I was watching, and it's like, dude, Radiant could just get anywhere he wants to get, um, and as soon as you jump on it, someone else is wide open and he sees it. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty. I was uh, you guys know I'm the person for <laughs> for taking it to the extreme, but man, I was watching those games and like Radiant is definitely the best player in the world right now. It's crazy. That uh, game two against the Celtics was um, one of the single best performances we've seen in this entire league. It truly was. Points like some other point guards or whatever have, but the way he controlled that game and completely dictated everything that was happening around him, his his court vision, his scoring. um, I actually don't think I've seen a more disgruntled, disappointed, defeated luck than I, I saw with Mel. Mel had a tremendous season, you know, to, to tip my cap to him. He had a very, very good season, was a crucial part in helping them get to the playoffs. That second game against the 76ers, he knew it was over. Everyone knew it was and, over. And that's the thing, too. Like, like this is, you know, Mel's, Mel's a really good lock. Um, I wouldn't be saying that if it was, like, against, say, the Lakers. Um, it just be another radiant game. You know, you expect that. But this is—we're talking semifinals, elimination game. Goes up against a great lock in Mel and does what he did. The big highlight play of, of breaking Mel's ankles and greening the three. Um, it just. I, I, yeah, I think I think Mel must have been on a cold ring three or four times that whole game, which is which is pretty impressive for for radiant. Yeah, and I mean, you said he didn't—he didn't score fifty, but what he had thirty-seven and fifteen, so he was responsible for more than fifty yeah. for sure. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. What? What? I want to know, guys. I, I think I know. I think I know. What your answers are going to be, but we need to do picks for who's going to win this entire thing. Seventy Sixers, T Wolves Gaming, Josiah your pick yeah i this is unchanged since the start of the playoffs 76ers um they're freaking good man they are so freaking good they they're they're always kidding they did not have a particularly good series against the pacers um and they still swept them and then they really woke up against the celtics you know probably what we would have said going into the playoffs is the weakest link in their lineup nudine lock he's having a phenomenal playoffs um he's really really been impressive Radiant, we just talked about. No more needs to be said about him. Spees is one of the smartest centers in the league, off-ball defenders, and is a very smart rebounder, which is which is going to help them a lot against the T-Wolves, who surprisingly, you know, destroyed the Warriors on the boards in their semifinal series. You got Breadwinner, really good lock, very aggressive. And then you got a tremendous coach in Jeff Terrell. You got an amazing shooter in ZDS who hit some ridiculous shots. You got a tremendous coach in Jeff Terrell, and the two teams are, are similar in a sense, right? In that you've got uh, a great power forward defender, you've got a skilled, smart point guard, um, you've got a guy who can shoot the lights out from three. But the 76ers, man, just they just execute, execute, execute. They do it on such a high level, and with a week to game plan for precisely the Timberwolves, that sort of offsets some of their their biggest advantages. 
um, and that's their their unique style of play on on offense. I'm sticking with the 76ers for the finals here, but you know the T Wolves have done so much um, that it it would not be the most astounding thing ever to see them win. I think them being the T the the Warriors was was really shocking, um, and and once they've done that, you know, nothing more they do will be so unbelievable because really, as as we said earlier, they deserve to be counted as a really really good team. Uh, yeah, I mean, as Josiah said, man, they execute, execute, execute. But I'm talking about the Timberwolves. Uh, Whoa. So uh, I'm going with uh, T-Wolves Gaming. I think that they win this series. Um, they, they uh, How can I go against a team that hasn't lost with this current lineup? Uh, but I thought momentum didn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's the <laughs> consistency of this lineup. I'm just teasing. This exact lineup is undefeated. They la- they haven't lost, not even uh, in a, a series. That's true. So uh, that can't be true. That can't be true. Yeah, I, I'll. Ha- I, I'm pretty sure. Maybe they lost the first game with Jay Money at um, uh, at shooting guard. But okay, they. I refer you. What is it? Eleven. I refer you to Friday, May thirty first. Yeah. So they lost May thirty. Jay Money puts up thirty one points. Feast hauls down. Th- Actually, you know that's not with this lineup. Never mind. Was it, that's with feast. That that's with feast at the five. No, that's with feast at the five. Yeah, see? That was that was the infamous loss. And then yeah, then oh. he moved to rim sharp. So well, yeah, then, this, then they got a nice little boost and they played the Hawks. This lineup is undefeated. I like 76ers a lot. Uh, I think they're a really good team, but I just think uh, if I'm weighing the five of both teams, I'm just more confident in the Timberwolves. I, uh, as Josiah pointed out, Nodini's playing well. Um, he's just not somebody I'd put my money on. So uh, I'm going to um, go with uh, the Timberwolves. I also like um, how the Timberwolves match up. I think that the two teams that the Sixers um, – uh, beat uh, last week were teams that were uh, pretty pick and roll heavy. I mean, the Pacers, uh, they had a point guard who uh, I felt they should have allowed to attack Nudini more. Um, they didn't let him do it early on, and by then, Nudini would gain the momentum uh, in game because in game momentum is real. Don't get that confused. Uh, but, um, and then Nudini would just take over there. But, uh, but then again, against the Celtics, um, it, you know, it was just keying on Fab and, and hoping Fab, uh, uh, hoping you could stop Fab. But with the Timberwolves, man, you know, that Josiah disagrees when I say two ball handlers. But Jay Money take cares takes care of it uh, pretty well too. So I and I think that they they have a lot of pieces in motion. They they uh, they killed um, the Warriors with the pick and pop. Uh, JoJo was just. Uh, you know, he knew when to roll. He knew when to pop. Uh, JoJo had the series of his life. Yeah, JoJo was crazy. Uh, and I think he'll need to be that, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with T-Wolves. I, I, th- I, do think, uh, I do think the winner of the series will be who plays better out of Nudini and JoJo. I think those are the X factors for these two teams. Uh, Radiant's going to do what he wants to do against Turnup. Uh yeah, all, all the, the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are gonna wreak havoc because Brett is so aggressive. Yeah, that too. Like that. That's my thing. Like Nudini's been playing well, but I think you know, Brett. You know, he helps so much. Uh, 
and in that he has to be aggressive too. And then when you're going against a team where they, you know, they have a patient point guard like Bear, Bear plays like no other top point guard. You know, he doesn't really do the dribble moves or anything like that. He calls the plays. He's poised. Um, I think that works in their favor against a team like the Sixers, who uh, may be a little risky on defense. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I you know it's hard for me to go against Radiant, but I just think five v five, weighing the five, and then looking at the history of this current lineup uh, with the T Wolves, man, I, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go with the uh, Minnesota. As soon as I said, I think I know who you're gonna pick. It pops in my mind. I bet Len's gonna pick the T Wolves, just to go against us, but. I picked the 76ers in the preseason. I picked the 76ers before these playoffs. There's no reason in my mind to not pick the 76ers right now since we're here in the finals with the 76ers in them. Um, Radiant is just on a completely different level. Bear's been playing great. Bear is definitely not on the same level as Radiant. Um, as long as Nudini plays as well as he's been playing in these playoffs, then they have a much better chance. That's a big if, though. The Timberwolves run a very tight offensive system, just like the uh, the 76ers do. But um, I, I disagree, Len, when you say that 5-on-5, five five, the T-Wolves have more talent. I fully believe that the 76ers just have more talent than the Timberwolves. Um, and they have more talent than most teams in the league, uh, 1 through 5. So I'm sticking with the 76ers. Any other thoughts? questions concerns how no no it makes sense you guys would like to go against me you know i don't know how you, i don't know how you guys, I, I don't know how you didn't know i was going to take the t-wolves after i went so um aggressively against uh the momentum that josiah tried to put on their great uh season so far i mean momentum's great but so is consistency 76ers man it's the 76ers. 76ers have only won three fewer games in a row. 76ers won more games overall. Yeah. T-Wolves haven't lost. T-Wolves haven't lost with this current lineup, though. So. Yes, they have. They've lost in the ticket. Ah. So now, okay. Now we care about tournaments. What? Just saying. What? <laughs> when were we not caring about tournaments? <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I want the T Wolves to win just so I can uh, glow a little bit. <sighs> you know me, man. When I promise it happens. Zero percent calves. It just it just happens, man. Just because it doesn't just because the calves they have like, a, the they have like an eighteen percent chance. Zero percent. They have like an eighteen percent chance. You're not some brilliant predictor by guessing that they have no chance. <laughs> Uh, subtracted Savant. 18. You're, you've been coasting on that ever since. Well, I had other things too, so. But that's just the most recent. So you will, I was, we'll see uh, Saturday. We will see Saturday. I, I, which, which playoff series, Len, have you been most sure about? Warriors over Blazer 5. Really? Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. I was most sure about Celtics Mavs. Uh, that was a close second. I just, um, I hated Blazer 5's secondary ball handler issue. And uh, if there's a player that you uh, can count on to stop Mama, it's it's uh, Gradient. So I, 
I was pretty confident that they would beat uh, the Blazers. Well, it was 76ers Pacers for me. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was up there for me as well. Yeah, I, I just didn't. Matt, Maddie did not want the ball there. He did not he want it. A lineup switch for the Pacers. Um, I I never really believed in them that much in the first place. I didn't think they showed enough in the regular season. You lose to the Hawks, you're always going to have some question marks. Yeah, like the Warriors. Sixers. Like the Warriors. Yeah, like the Warriors. Yeah. So. Alrighty then. I think that's everything. We've gone, uh, how long have we gone? We've gone, like, right around an hour, so. About time we wrap this up. Josiah Cohen, please tell the listeners where can they find you in all of your wonderful content. You can find me dimer2k.com. Do you have a do you have a Twitter? I want to follow you. Do I have a Twitter? Uh, I do for now, but the odds I delete it in the next week or so are much higher than the Cavs original eighteen percent at Josiah Cohen thirteen. Len, where can the people find you in all of your wonderful content? You can find me in all of my wonderful predictions and percentages <laughs> at Len underscore two K. <sighs> That's on Twitter. Um, yeah, and then I, I write these crazy and always correct uh, predictions for Dimer2k.com. Are you spitting? You can find me. You can find me. We're just going to ignore that you said any of that. You can find Will, the chief and managing editor, per, per the NBA 2K League. I'm both. I mean... I do all the good editing anyway, so might as well, right? Well, speaking of predictions, you both have got official league uh, prediction. Yeah, but let's be real. Let's be real. You look at you look at people doing those, and how official are they? With these predictions that I'm given, like Harris, what's going on, dude? Seriously, like I need you to to lock in. Harris. We'll definitely have you on there. Harris is not in control. Harris, okay, he, relay the message, man. I, Harris, block this man from your DMs. <laughs> yes, yes, and from the lead DMs. Yes, Harris, do it. I do not want to see him on the website at all. I know. I might pick the Kings for my sleeper. Oh, hey. oh, hey now. oh, oh. That was an okay pick. No, it wasn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame the lineup change. Um, <laughs> say it was out of my hands uh you can find me on twitter at will beverina b-e-v-e-r-i-n-a follow dimer at dimer 2k dimer 2k.com but if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow dimer then what are you doing um we will hopefully be here next week to talk about whatever happened in the finals this saturday august 3rd 3 p.m in New York, uh, Josiah and I will most certainly be there, um, and uh, we will be able to give you everything that happened in the studio. Really excited for it. Can't wait, and uh, we will see you next week to talk about it.